0: Hey friend, Sharice here, and today we get a blast from the past. We talk about cold drinks and hot tempers, and we ask the question, where was Guinan during all of this? Stay tuned. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one
1: place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Sharice, today we're talking Season 6, Episode 4, Relics. This episode is written by the great Ronald D. Moore and directed by Alexander Singer. The Enterprise discovers a ship that crashed on a Dyson sphere more than 75 years prior with a single survivor suspended in the transporter buffer, Captain Montgomery Scott.
0: (laughs) Woohoo! Yes. Yes. Which is, you know... Anybody who, who's listened to us for more than, like, three episodes probably knows how completely ignorant we both are about the original series. Yes. Because both of us have seen parts of things, but we we were never, like, going episode by episode. And I've seen all the movies, but I haven't seen, I don't think, even one of the TOS episodes from beginning to end.
1: Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I don't think I've seen I think, a whole one. Actually, <laughs> I just said, oh, wow. But then now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, God, I think me too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? So so there's all these little things that, like I said, if you've been listening for more than three episodes, you probably know there's all these little things we don't know. We're just like, was that yes. in the original? I don't know. Was that in the original? We just don't know, right? But we do know Scotty. <laughs> we do know the characters and their yes. significance. And like I said, I've seen all the movies, so I know kind of the relationships between the people. Yeah. And I just have to say about this episode, first of all, it's so... Good. And as a scientist, I was just like, my mind was drooling just with all the the techno babble in this episode. I buy it. It all sounds legit. None of it sounds fake, even though all of it's fake. None of it sounds fake. It sounds real. And one of my favorite things about having Scotty in this episode is that to me, this is the perfect crossover episode. This is what unification with Spock should have been. An episode mm-hmm. that was really, really good and engaging mm-hmm. and had a character from T.O.S. Um, also, in the pilot episode, we had Bones for like 10 seconds at the end of the episode, and he was yeah. all like old and decrepit and walking down the hallway, and he was like, this is Enterprise is a good ship. It's a good name for a ship or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but again, yeah. it didn't have that like, even not being a super fan of T.O.S., it did not have that nostalgia factor. For me, Mm -hmm. either of those episodes, Unification was just boring and awful. Um, And then seeing Bones for a second, you were kind of like, wait, is that Bones? You know, but this one, you're like, oh my gosh, it's Scotty. Oh my gosh. Holy crap, it's Scotty. He's in there and he's doing engineering stuff, which is exactly his zone. Like, it's just... Yes! This is what those
1: should have been. That's the thing about Bones, where, like, Beverly just walked him down the hallway. He wasn't doing any medicine, right? Right, because he's very retired. He was, like, a billion years old (laughs) at that (laughs) point. (laughs) He was there when that star was formed, okay? (laughs) But this one is Scotty is engineering. He's engineering Scotty, and we love to see it. Which, by the way, because Paramount Plus has acquired all of Star Trek, at this point, yeah. Yeah, at this point. Um, as a teacher, we get winter break coming up for Christmas and Hanukkah and all that. And it's like two and a half weeks. And I am going to watch all of TOS. There's only two oh, seasons. But I yeah. was like, well, I need something great to like binge watch. And I'm like, now that... Because t- TOS wasn't always that easy to find. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, now that it's on Paramount Plus, it's yeah, that's like, true. awesome. Like, I will... I'll, take care of this like in one fell swoop which by the way I did not know this until just like a few years ago but the TNG theme song is actually the same theme song from Star Trek the Motion Picture like the first movie featuring mm. the TOS gang so when I heard the movie like intro I was like what why is it playing the TNG like da 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 I was like what? yeah <laughs> and then I was like oh Um, That's when I hung my head in shame. (laughs) Like,
0: there's so many, there's so many nuances we don't know, but there's so many random things we do know. Overall, I'm excited about you watching TOS because now you can answer all these questions that we always have where we're like was that in the original? You can be like girl oh, I yes, may make it, it five episodes in. in
1: I I may make it five episodes in and be like this shit is so cheesy I can't handle it like uh, I feel we'll like I feel like see. TOS is very like cowboy and space type of stuff but TNG is like science exploration like yeah. real you know the sets don't look like shit you can jerry rig with some carpet and like an old like window curtain yeah but I think the sets were probably very
0: cool for the time for the time like I know yeah. that were cool for the time because they still look cool like they still look cool and given what people's concepts of space were at the time like it makes total sense to me like it looks cheesy in comparison but like on its own I think it was I think it was perfect
1: yeah um what
0: were your initial thoughts about this episode overall
1: my initial before thoughts before you got started. Be- before we watched this episode, my initial thoughts were: Yay, Dyson Sphere, Scotty, alcohol, TOS Bridge, <laughs> just all of it, all of it. Like this episode is a like hallmark TNG episode. It has that nod to TOS, but at a point in TNG's history, where it doesn't need to give a nod to TOS. You know what I mean? The first couple episodes are like, oh, they're just remakes of like the original series, Mm -hmm. because they're trying to draw the original series fans into this like new iteration. Mm -hmm. But TNG is so spectacularly strong now, and bigger than TOS ever was, they don't need to give us a nod to TOS, and here they do, and even for someone like me, or like you, who didn't watch TOS, we know Scotty was mm-hmm. part of the original crew and so it's still delightful to be like oh my god he's still like around and kicking and getting into like adventures it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. were your initial thoughts? Yeah, so I already gave my initial thoughts but um I <laughs> I, was- I mean we kind of had like an explosion of excitement in the first 5 minutes. Yeah. We haven't accomplished so- anything, girl. <laughs>
0: Welcome to the podcast. Let's just start over. <laughs> okay. Um,
1: yeah, this this episode is just it's just
0: it's perfect. And I'm so excited to get into it. So excited. So let's let's jump right in. We start on the bridge and we're getting this kind of cold open with Captain Picard explaining where they are and what they're doing. So actually, no, we start with like a close-up on data and it looks very yes. intense. And he's saying it was. that was it like
1: jumped right into mm-hmm. the action.
0: hmm And he's saying that there was this distress signal. Coming from someplace near them in space, so they jumped out of warp to see what it was, and mm-hmm. he realized that it was this ship called the Jinnolan that disappeared 75 years ago, and so they were like, "Hmm, that's weird. Let's kind of go and explore," and as they get closer to it, they find that there's this this object that um, it just looks like it looks like a silver, it looks like a ball, a, a steel ball. Um, it but looks like space. the Death Star to
1: me. Yeah, it's like it does dark, look, gray, it does look black, like, the Death Star. like ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I really
0: appreciate about the dialogue around this visual is that they tell us how big it is. Now, we, you and I have had this conversation before on the show where it's really hard to see perspective in space yes. because you're just kind of looking out a view screen and everything looks exactly the same size. So, like, all the ships look exactly cosmic the same size. Cosmic string, anyone? Right. The cosmic string that's, like, 1,000 feet wide when they say it's, like, one micron, and you're like, that yeah. doesn't track. <laughs> no, that's not... Every ship looks wow, like you the Enterprise. Wow, zoom way the fuck in for them. Yeah, okay. like, yeah, zoom out, so. on, zoom out on this view screen. So, <laughs> every ship looks like the Enterprise until they're side by side, and you're like, oh, that's bigger. Oh, that's smaller. So, mm-hmm. with this with this sphere, we can't... It's not next to anything. So, there's no frame of reference. But, yeah, use the dialogue to let us know that this that this, um, is as large as the earth's orbit around the sun. And I was like, whoa, like that totally yes. gave me a visual. And I was like, that's really big. Right. Cause mm-hmm. it's like wrapped around the freaking sun. So it includes the sun and all the space between the sun and the earth. I was like, wow, that's 93
1: huge. million mile radius.
0: Yeah. It's huge. And then later on, they say it can fit 250 million M class planets, which is like earth's like, yeah, that's,
1: it's, it's massive.
0: That, that number I can't even comprehend of. Yep. But like, what a cool idea. So anyway, they're seeing this sphere and they're trying to kind of figure out what it is. And then one of them says, could this be, is, it re- is this a Dyson sphere? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's such a cool name. I love that name. It's just, I, I don't even know if this
1: Dyson person was a real person. It or- was. Okay. It was. I have I have some information about it. So Picard is like, is it a Dyson sphere? And they're like, what the hell is a Dyson sphere? And he's like, oh my gosh, Freeman Dyson was a scientist. And he postulated that you you could create a sphere in which to encapsulate the sun and the earth. And if you had like on the inside of that sphere, like solar panels all around, you can capture all of that sun's energy and like convert it into energy. So you would mm-hmm. have like a nearly unlimited power supply to the earth. And he also kind of showed in his work early versions of a Dyson sphere because imagine creating a sphere that goes around the entire yeah. sun and the earth without dis- without disturbing the earth's orbit. That's like huge amount of supplies, but you could create just start off with like a ring and then as you get more energy to create more supplies, then you create like a series of rings that all interlock and then you just fill in the gaps in between and then oh, you have a whole sphere. Wow. It's ridiculously cool. It's ridiculously cool. Actually, some of my students, I teach middle school science this year, and some of my students were like, "Can we make a Dyson sphere?" I was like, "You guys can try to make a Dyson
0: sphere, but I
1: mean, you can try." Why, sure, kids? I mean, we're twelve. Why can't? Yeah,
0: (laughs) there's no reason not to.
1: But actually, in terms of scale, one of the things, like I, you're so right about the scale um being a problem but like also the like the 250 million M class planets that could fit in this Dyson sphere it's like that's a really hard number to wrap your brain mm-hmm. around we hear, yeah. we throw around words like million and billion but like it's all abstract in our mind yeah. and so this is actually a way that i like to show the difference between a million and a billion um if you had a million seconds That would take about 12 days for a million seconds to pass. A billion seconds takes 32 years to pass. Oh, wow! So, like, just the scale of how huge that is is like, and the difference because kids are like, million billion, what's the difference? You're like, (laughs) one is a thousand times more than the other, so it's it's big, but when it gets that big, it's like you kind of lose. The scale of it in Mm -hmm. your mind. Anyway, um, yeah, this is the, when I saw the Dyson sphere, I was like, here we go, here we go. And I really wanted Picard to say, that's not a planet. It's a space station. (laughs) But I was Uh -uh. like, wrong universe. Okay.
0: (laughs) Wrong universe. Yeah, this, the science... Described in the first two minutes of this episode. Oh my god! I ch- I checked the time; it was like two minutes and fourteen seconds. I was like, my mind is already blown. Like I am satisfied. If you don't say mm-hmm. another jargony word for the whole episode, I'm already like, yes, I'm in, I'm in. This is yes! very very cool, and it's not even technology. That's it's no
1: real science. It's real it's like, science. Oh my god. It's so good. Which and I didn't even know makes... it was real, but it sounded very real, which made me happy. It is, yeah. And I mean, and what's what I love so much about TNG is that even the technology checks out. So the fact that they base this whole story around this theoretical device is like, oh my God, all of Genius. it's so good. Well now, done, Warf, writers. Right? Worf detects that the Janolin seems to be, or the distress signal at least, is coming from the Northern Hemisphere. So they take you know, Riker and Worf and away team find the Janolan and it's like just marginally functional. And Jordy comes, you know, with the away team and he's like, that's so weird. Like the, the transporters are still online, but like, why would they still be online? Right. And he's like, wait a minute. It's also set to like diagnostic mode. So the pattern keeps like recycling over and over again. Mm-hmm. like, And all oh the my... like auxiliary powers pumped into the transporter, yeah, it's like, taken what, away from everything else. What is going on? If I were Scotty, I would have left a note <laughs> be like, don't touch this. Or just like a P for Picard, right?
0: <laughs> just put a big N S, S for Scotty on the panel.
1: <laughs> or like a bottle of whiskey or something. I don't know. Right. You know,
0: they don't have paper in the 24th century. So, but he could have left a data pad or those little those little black boxes that we saw in season one and season mm-hmm. two, where they were like, Hello, whoever's reading this, whoever's watching yes. this, this is what happened to us. But I think from what we hear later, this was just one of those emergency situations. Like we have to act right now. There's no yes. time to do. The, we only have enough time to see if this works yeah. and make it work. And that mm-hmm. is it. Like there wasn't even time to leave a message or anything. Um, but yeah, so they're so they're pushing the buttons, and Jordy's just like, "What is this?" And then Riker goes, "Wait a minute, you know." And they're pushing the buttons, and they go, "There's a pattern in here. There's a an intact pattern that has almost no degradation." So Riker's like, "You don't, you don't think." Could someone have possibly survived for 75 years in the transporter? And Jordy's like, well, only one way to find out. Boop, boop, boop. (laughs) Like, let's let's materialize it. Whatever it is. Security measures? Nah. That's where I would
1: (laughs) have been like, let's just go ahead and set up a force field around this transport pad just in case.
0: Worf, buddy. I know we had you on the air conditioning system, but could we get you back (laughs) here for a sec? Can you just have your phaser out? Yeah. Yeah. But no, we didn't do that. We're like, security be damned. (laughs) Boop, boop, boop. (laughs)
1: materialize let's just see what happens famous last words um but yeah so they are like one way to find out and they hit transport and the pattern materializes and it's montgomery freaking scott Not that that's a spoiler for anybody listening, because we've been talking about it for 15 minutes, but I just wrote in my notes, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit.
0: Like, I was so excited. And you see him, and you just see him looking so miserable, and he's got his arm in a sling, and then boom, it goes commercial break. And I was like, this... This is what commercial breaks are supposed to do. This there right is. here. You're sp-
1: that, this was what... Captain needs be- a vacation commercial
0: break. No! Boo. Yeah, boo on that. No. We're talking about the captain's holiday, which had the stupidest commercial break... So dumb. of this- ever, which if they would have waited like 30
1: seconds before or 30 seconds after, it would have been a better hook... Yeah. <laughs>
0: ...than the time they picked. It's like this going is- to
1: commercial when, like, baby's cranky. are <laughs> like, okay. That's what babies do. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we come back from commercial break, and because it's Paramount Plus, the screen just went black and then went back to (laughs) where I was like, that's cool, that's fine, that's fine. No commercials. So he gets off the transport pad, and he's like, Franklin's still in there. We've got to get him out of there, or whatever. I'm not going to even try his accent. But he's like, we got to get him out of there. And as he's fiddling around with the transporter, it turns out the pattern has degraded too much. And there was no saving him, and I was like, "Oh, Franklin!" It's super sad. And I was like, "Can't Beverly do something with that?" Pulaski no. did something with
0: that. There was always some kind of like memory in the buffer or memory right? from the last transport and all this stuff. I was like, I feel like they could have, which I feel done like something. I feel like
1: couldn't you solve death? with the transporter, somebody yes. dies. Yes, you can. And you go back to their, let's say somebody dies in like an explosion in astrometrics or whatever. You go back to the transporter from their transport, like yesterday, and you rematerialize them. And then you're like, Ta-da, you're not dead now. I mean, you mm-hmm. are dead, but you know.
0: But this version's not.
1: Yeah. The prestige kind of thing. Right. Like, yes. But I feel like that would open up a whole can of worms anyway. I'm going to say, um, yes, you could absolutely do that. Right? But they
0: never take advantage of that. They just show us these weird transporter things and go, wasn't that weird? And they keep going because that would add a lot of problems. To and the there's story an line. inventor
1: who's like, wait a minute, can't we capitalize them? And they're like, Mr. LaForge, airlock him. And you're like, okay. Right? Airlock.
0: Airlock. <laughs> because we <laughs> yeah. would have so many fewer orphans if we could just be like, beep, beep, they're back.
1: Yeah, your parents did not die in a
0: volcano on Tempest 4. We just just
1: brought them back in the transporter from like three weeks ago before they left. And they don't even remember dying because like their transport pattern has like their memories from the day they transported. Ta-da! They think they're going on an away mission and they're
0: not. So Mm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so back to this
1: story. Now that we've solved death in the future, let's get back to this one. So Riker is like you know, Commander Riker, USS Enterprise, here to help. And poor Scotty's like, the Enterprise! I bet James Kirk got the old girl out of mothballs for this one. And I was like, oh.
0: Yeah, this is the sad part. Whenever there's... These episodes, these anachronistic episodes are always so yeah. heartbreaking for me because I always think like, oh my gosh, everyone you've ever known or loved is probably dead now. I mean, he's he's been gone for about 80 years. So yeah. there could still be some people who were like, babies who are now 80 um but like in the other episode in neutral zone and in season one we had people
1: who were it was like like 400 400 years years? or something yeah Yeah. so it was like
0: yeah, you're not gonna there there's nothing there's nothing Mm -hmm. for you to come back to and they're just so hard to because of that like that realization however surprisingly that does not affect scotty at all (laughs) the entire episode he never mentions like wait a minute what about my family my friends my this my that he's just like He's just like, all right, well, I'm here. Let's keep it moving. He's very solutions focused and just moves forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, he thinks that that Captain Kirk is like on the bridge and Riker yeah. and, and Jordy are kind of like looking at each other like, hmm, we got some it's splitting that, to do. It's that
1: classic line with the anachronistic episodes where they're like, do you know what year it is? And you're like, oh. So,
0: and I think aboard- he asked too. he was like, how long has it been? And they're like.
1: 75 mm, years so, yeah like a really I'm long super time super sorry yeah now aboard the enterprise scotty sees all kinds of differences on the new ship i particularly love how he calls geordie mr laforge it's <laughs> the way he says it mr laforge mm-hmm. it <laughs> it's, it's great it's um I can't quite nail it. I mean, his name is Jordy LaForge, but, like, there's just... I don't know. There's some sort of way that he says it that's, like, it's not quite right, and it's adorable. Um, I don't love how he calls Dr. Crusher a pretty doctor. I was like, mmm. I think he's comparing cringy. her to Bones, though. I mean, yeah, but, like, also, it's it's like when you see older men, particularly, who kind of, like, pat the girl on the bottom to be like, you're gorgeous, and you're like, don't, please don't, that's not, this is not, Mm -hmm. maybe this is the unacceptable behavior you did back in the day, but so many people did it that, like, it was seen as normal, but, like, it's really, really unacceptable, like. I don't know, but
0: he just called her, he called her pretty. That, to me, was not the same as patting her on the butt.
1: No, Um, no, no, no,
0: it's definitely not the same. Like that other anachronistic guy did, that's exactly what he did. Yeah, oh, he totally did. And I was like, what the, yeah, and she was just like, or whatever, I was like, Sir, "This is not 1953." No, this, this is a you better swing on him, yeah, and let him yeah. know, like, yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh-uh. um, but yeah, I, I don't um, know. I, I was fine with it because she kind of smiled, and I was like, "Oh, well, uh. he's just he I mean, shot, wasn't... he shot his shot, and it didn't go anywhere, and he got <laughs> shot
1: straight down, yeah." <laughs> And it went to the gutter. Yeah, it was a total gutter ball. But thanks for playing, Bones. Or sorry, Scotty. Um. So Captain's calling for a full spectrograph analysis on the Dyson Sphere, and Jordy's like, "All right, I'm heading to main engineering to get on it right now." And and this made me feel so bad for Scotty because he was like, "Engineering, I thought you'd never ask, right?" And he's like, "All ready to go." No one asked. Yeah, no one. No one asked. And he's still like kind of wobbly because, like, buddy, you've been bouncing around a transport. Hey, you, you, you've been bouncing around a transporter for 75 years for like seven and a half decades buddy yeah, like maybe take a nap I, yeah mm-hmm. might be time to like rest for a few hours um and you get see Jordy's face
0: right he's like uh well um and Bev comes to the rescue and is like hey you've been through a lot and like kind of what we just said you need to take a na- you need to take like a nap you know have mm-hmm. a little snack Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe later on, Jordy can give you a tour or whatever. And Jordy's just like, thank you, Beverly, you know? And he's like, (laughs) all right, fine. Yeah, he's he's really bummed. Yeah, he's bummed because he's like, oh, we're, you know, an engineering problem. I'm your man. And they're like, well, you were the man 75 years ago, but you kind of don't know any of this stuff. And so Jordy's very much treating him like like an ambassador or something. Jordy's treating him like a visitor, like a Mm -hmm. very, you know, special visitor, but not like... We're gonna hand you a wrench, like that doesn't seem to be part of the plan. So some incense, some random incense takes Scotty to his quarters. Yeah, kind of show him around. And he's totally blown away because it's like eight times bigger than anything he's apparently ever seen before in a ship. And I think. You have to tell me after you start watching TOS. They do have scenes in their original quarters. I'd be curious to see the the size comparison. Mm. Um, but yeah, he was just like, this place is huge. And I agree, those quarters are like bigger than my house. Like, I'm I love those quarters on the Enterprise. <laughs> I no,
1: I really, really do. I love them. They're just and they like flow really nicely too. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like one long line of like mm-hmm. Go bathroom, shui, right? closet, bedroom, living room, workspace, door. You know, it's just kind of like nice and line. I don't know. It just and looks really lovely. And inside the bulkheads. So yes. you're like dresser, boop, boop,
0: and it like comes out. You're like yes. sink, boop, boop, sink the sink comes out. Yeah, Like it's, that's, I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> it makes everything so airy and spacious and clean and streamlined.
1: Uh-huh. Um, yeah no, and I, it gives I, me less surfaces to put junk on, which I am known I to. I was do. just gonna say everything looks like really clean, even when Loxana is visiting and she's got dresses thrown everywhere. That's like a three-second cleanup. It's like pick up, pick up, pick up, you're done. Everything looks spotless mm-hmm. again. It's lovely. Now I noticed that Scotty definitely does that thing that you sometimes find with older people, like when they start like regaling. These younger folks with like stories from like back in their day. And the ensign is like, I'm so sorry, I need to return to duties. And he feels very alone and out of time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And then did you notice I know that that he's th- got some good stories too? He's I was got like, the I would love stories. To hear stories. I was like, what's yeah. good in his
0: quarters, man? Go. And I wrote this in my notes. I said, he go to, go to 10 forward yeah. or go to where the kids are either one and just be mm-hmm. and just share his stories and be with people because he's got so many great stories and those two places
1: you'll find people who are willing to sit and listen to your stories because they're not on totally. duty right now. Well, did you notice that the camera also like kind of started close up on him and then panned out so it's like he just looked extra alone in those huge quarters and I was like poor Scotty like I just I feel so bad and he and he's feeling really lonely so yeah. he swings by main engineering because he just wants to be useful. Yeah. And like he goes to his I comfort d- zone. And I feel really bad for him. And he starts doing the like I remember when stories. And Jordy's like, I am sorry. Like I I'm working. I, I have I'm to in get the middle to of work. A really important project.
0: Yeah. That I have to
1: get done. Yet- and I mean, I feel bad for both of them because Jordy's mm-hmm. like, damn it, this is not the time for like Story time and like mm-hmm. Scotty's like, I just want to be, I just want to be useful, you know. Um, and he kind of has this like moment with Jordy where Jordy's like, I've got this project, I I said it would take an hour. And Scotty's like, How long is it actually gonna take? And he's like, An hour. And Scotty's like, You didn't actually tell him how long it would take. And I was like, That's a great hack, Jordy. Mm-hmm. Say it takes an hour, get it done in 40 minutes. Like, then you look like a miracle worker. Exactly. Like, and that's
0: wrong. That I very much remember about Scotty from the movies is that he always pulled them out in the clutch. He was always like, it's gonna take at least an hour. And they're like, Scotty, you've only got 10 minutes. And he's like, it's impossible, it's impossible. And then in nine minutes and 30 seconds, he would do it. And they were always like, you're such a miracle worker. And he'd be like, made it again. And that was like this trope that was always like Scotty pulls out in the clutch. He yep. always gets it done in less time than he says. So yeah. here we get the we finally get the solution to that problem of how is he able to do that? He just never tells the right amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> he just always <laughs> lies about how long it's gonna take, which is so hilarious. And then it's great to see that juxtaposition between him and Jordy because Jordy would never do that. He's always gonna be he's gonna tell you exactly I think this will take three hours and six minutes. Mm-hmm. And if it takes more or less, I'll let you know at the two hour mark. Mm-hmm. Like he's very on top. Of it, yeah, which I think is just, it's so fun to see how the writers took these two different characters and went in very different directions. The same yeah. thing with Captain Kirk and Captain Picard. Captain Kirk was very much like a ladies' man. And when they revamped the series for this, the spinoff, they did not want the captain to be the ladies' man again. They wanted to mix it up a little and not do the mm. same thing all over. So yeah. that's why they made the first officer the ladies' man instead of the captain. They're yeah. kind of mixing up the roles. So similarly... The engineer is not the like, he's very, he's extremely creative and finds these really out of the box solutions all the time. But he's also very like honest and regimented and logical and all this stuff. He's not so um, artistic, I'll say, as Scotty was. Like he, yeah, which is just so fun to see them together. And um, it is. It is. And he's trying to let him help because he's <laughs> like, I've been an engineer for 52 years. I'm sure I can still be useful. And Jordy's just like, okay, we could love, we'd love any help. But then he starts talking about, he he starts running around touching things and pushing buttons and setting things yeah, off. Yeah, like, this is and a the dilithium crystal and being like, this is about to fracture, this is about to break. And Jordy's like, listen, I would love to explain to you how everything is just fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I
0: don't have time for this. And Scotty just blows up on him and is like, Listen to me, Mr. LaForge. I was driving Starships while your great grandfather was in diapers. <laughs> diapers. I was like, I was like <laughs> that's a, that's a good line, man. That's rude. <laughs> and Jordy just was like, just rolled his eyes and looked away. He didn't have anything to say that, but he also didn't have time to talk about this. So then he really didn't. He didn't. So then it just he was and he even said, like, I'm trying to be polite. I tried polite. I tried this. I tried that. Listen, you're in the way, which is yeah. such a hard thing to say to somebody. And of course, Scotty didn't take it well, because it's a really hard thing to hear. He so he did. storms off. And he, he goes did to 10 not. Forward, which, Let's all be honest. He should have been there in the first place. That's the now,
1: first this place is one gone. place where I have a problem with this episode. This episode could have been absolutely flawless and perfect had Guinan been in 10 forward to talk to him. That's what I I couldn't remember why F wasn't guinan in this episode. She should have been. I don't, I mean, I don't know who needs to be beheaded for this, but (laughs) somebody made an epic mistake. Okay, yeah, fine. Nobody needs to get beheaded, but like somebody needs. Needs to get retroactively fired for this. Then, like, where was Guinan for this? this is exactly who he needs. Like, when he wants to tend a listener, he needs a mm-hmm. fucking listener yes. for Christ's sake. Who is better than that? Better
0: at to that do than that, her? At
1: that than Guinan?
0: I didn't even think about that. I thought more. I didn't even <sighs> think about that. And you're absolutely right. That's exactly Freaking who he needs. Where I was she? He needed Guinan because she could give him perspective. Like, she's the one who yes. could be like. You still have miles to go. How how do you fit in this world now? And how can you still be amazing? Like, she would have given him that kind of yeah. guidance. But you're absolutely yep. right. She would have just, she would have also just listened to him. Just l- made him feel like he matters because she would have listened. But instead, he got data. And I <sighs> love me some data. And data is not Guinan. Guinan is Guinan. We Nobody will ever be Guinan but Guinan.
1: Yes. And like... It- yeah, this really, like, this could have been... It was an oversight. The best <laughs> TNG episode of all time, because you have the, like, personal touch yeah. with Guinan, you've got the nostalgic with Scotty, you've, you've got, got the, the science mm-hmm. with Dyson Sphere. It's like, this would have been freaking perfect, and it is one of the greats, don't get me wrong, but without Guinan, there is a hole there that, that mm-hmm. could have been filled in. Now, mm-hmm. Scotty goes a 10 forward... And he gets served, he asked for a whiskey and he gets sur- served synthahol. And he's like, what the JP Morgan is this? Like, this is trash, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> and so Data comes over and I wrote, oh, Data being a bartender again. This is super yeah. cute. And that's he- why when he said there's a, there's
0: some, some non-synthetic alcohol behind the bar. I was like, oh, he probably remembers from that time when
1: he was a bartender. <laughs> exactly. Where Guy is, is he going to make a stuff. Sumerian sunset also? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I love the
0: traditional he- style. Yeah. And I... <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that Data explains it's synthetic alcohol. It has all the taste and all the aromas and all the everything of alcohol without getting you drunk. And Scott's like, what? The, what's the point then? Then what is yeah. the point? Like nobody he drinks goes, alcohol because it tastes really alcohol great. Synthetic people. Yeah. <laughs> he rolls his eyes so he like, wrote, this he is, synthetic, not the time. Synthetic scotch, synthetic commanders. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> If I were data, I would have been like, fine, drink your hall alone. Goodbye. <laughs> but he, that's not Get out data. of my life. Yeah. That's not data. <laughs> um, So he gives, he gives. Uh, Scotty- I love how, do you,
0: do you see how data described that alcohol? He oh, goes, yeah. it is, it is. He opens it. He sniffs it. It is. And he looks at it again. He goes, it is green. Yes. <laughs> well, and, I thought, is drink.
1: and I thought, first of all, your data, you should be able to like smell Every single chemical in there, and identify it because your data. That's but I, I mean, he would know what the combination that's, is called. That's true, but he would be able to be like, "It's a it's a fermented drink of blah blah blah." blah but whatever, I love that he does go. It is green, <laughs> and he gives Scotty the green <laughs> liquor, and Scotty's Scotty, Scotty like, takes it, pour a pour sip, and he's like, "Woo, this is the good stuff!" Right, so he. Next thing we see is a drunk Scotty cradling the bottle like a newborn baby. Yes, going to the holodeck and pulling down the, the, the original, halls. the like wand wobbling around the halls, <laughs> um, and he asks the holodeck to pull up the Enterprise bridge. And of course, the holodeck, being the holodeck, is like specify identification, specify year, specify. And he's like, oh, just the- NCC one seven zero one. No A B C
0: or D. I nothing. love that part. He goes, no bloody A. No bloody B, yeah. <laughs> no bloody C, and no bloody D. Yeah. It was just like, okay, okay. So the, computer, the computer to be like, no need to have SAS, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Doors right? open. And Ugh. I nearly
1: fell out of my chair. It looks so good that it set was of so the spot on. It was so spot on down to the sounds. And you know, I the actually wondered. Got me. It was those sa- It was the sounds and it was the buttons
0: the- on the panels and the like the colored yes. lights that were like flashing and and it was,
1: yeah, it was like. Doo-doo-doo. Like that Mm -hmm. sound, I was just like, oh, this is so cool. It's still cool. It's still really cool. It's super, super cool. It just sounds amazing. It feels amazing. And it made me wonder, where did they pull the set from? Because the TOS set, there were multiple sets. There was like a traveling set and there was some other, a couple other sets. And it was dismantled like in the late 60s, you know, in like 70, you know, 1970 or so, like when the show ended which I think ran until 1969. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, where did they get this from? And I do know that there is a man who was a super TOS fan who lives in upstate New York up in the mountains and actually purchased like bits and pieces of the set and like assembled an entire TOS set. And you can go to this place up in upstate New York and like go visit the t- the original TOS set. Mm-hmm. And it's in like a little strip mall where I was like, this is the th- this is it. Like mm-hmm. it was so bizarre. Um, but yeah, I wonder, I was like, I wonder if they use that. And they were like, hey, we're just gonna like, I don't know how they did it, but I, mm-hmm. I would love to know. Um, if you know where they got the set from, info at the tng I'd absolutely love to hear from you. Um, you know, one thing I do love is that Scotty keeps trying to talk stories to people and no everybody wants to listen They're well busy. it's not it's not just that it's yeah it seems like people would listen if they weren't busy but he's just like not picking the right time but mm-hmm. here's the perfect person the captain of enterprise d gets off his shift and he's like, I just wanted to come and see how you're doing. And he sits down, he drinks, he drinks the drink and Scotty's like, I'd be careful. It's pretty strong. I and love like,
0: that. Scotty pours him a full drink. He's like, can I, jo- do you want to join me? And he's like, sure. He pulls him the full glass and hands it over. And he's like, I don't know what it is, but it's very strong. Be careful. And Picard just downs it in one gulp. And he's like, mm, Aldebaran
1: whiskey. Who do you think yep. can it to dine in? Yeah. And he's just like- Oh! <laughs> oh no! It was wonderful. It was wonderful. I love like what an absolute baller he was. Like he yeah. didn't even wince or anything. It was like mm-hmm, he didn't like did a lemonade. Sippy sip,
0: like you thought he would. Like what Scotty was doing. He was doing. He was like, and Scotty was already wasted. and He was just taking yeah. little sips. So yeah. Picard's tolerance for real alcohol is somehow high, mm-hmm. even though they're flooded with Hall all the time, and you never see him drink anything but tea, right? But, but whatever.
1: He's just a you know. Solid steel man, I guess. But here's here's where I love like, I love the humanity that Picard shows. Scotty. Yeah. He really just listens scene. to him and he just lets him talk and he reminisces. He is a sympathetic ear, but he doesn't pity him. And that's right. the difference. Mm-hmm. He, he's sympathetic. He's sympathetic. He's genuinely interested in him he's too. He's genuinely interested. Yeah,
0: and, that and I also is, felt like I it was a peer-to-peer. Peer. Nobody was like, yeah, like everybody else is like, Scotty, sir, you know, like, of, like I would. Mm-hmm. And you would think that Picard would be kind of like, oh my gosh, this is like a piece of history. But it's very much peer-to-peer. It's yeah, like they're old yeah. buddies already. And it's like captain to captain, like just talking about their old ships and they're, you know, sharing stories. And there's you know, no yeah. separation there, which is really beautiful because that's what Scotty needs right now. He needs a peer. He needs a friend.
1: He needs a peer. And he talks about how... The Enterprise D is a fine ship, but it's so fine-tuned. He said, you know, on the the original Enterprise, he could tell what speed they were traveling at just by the vibration of the floorboard of the Mm -hmm. deck, you know, the deck plates. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, and I love that Picard asks him, he's like, what do you think of the Enterprise? Like, what's your honest, like, Mm -hmm. thought? Assessment or whatever. Like, your honest, thank you. What's your honest assessment? of the enterprise. And Scotty does tell him like, it's a fine ship, but you know, it's like so fine tuned. It's so machined. Like I feel that way too. I drive a mini Cooper and I can feel how fast I'm going. But -hmm. if I ever drive my mom's car and my mom has a fancy Mercedes, I'm like, I could be going eight miles an hour or 150 miles an hour. And it feels the same. And it's, it's, um, it's weird. I don't like it. I don't like it. See, I'm um, because... the opposite. When I drive my my stepfather's
0: car, which is, we call it the beast. It's like this big gas guzzling SUV. Mm-hmm. Versus, I, I can feel everything. Versus when I drive my car, which is a tiny little, you know, it's nicknamed Jordy, but sometimes I call it the blueberry. It's a tiny <laughs> little electric car. It's mm-hmm. like the size of a blueberry. That thing <laughs> feels like driving on a cloud. And like, I love that. I love that. Like, I mean, yeah, I can't really tell how fast I'm going unless I look at the monitor, but I just love the, it feels so smooth. Yeah. And it's like it doesn't have their sound because it's electric. Mm. So it doesn't make any of the sounds, any of the exhaust, any of the smells, and all the stuff. I personally love that. But I think I have I would friends love... who are the exact opposite. They're like, yeah. I need to feel my car is a car. So I get that. I want my car to feel like a
1: spaceship. I'll tell you as well, though, like I <laughs> I have a lead foot. So I need my car to kind of tell me with feedback that. I'm going the right speed and I don't need to go faster Um, because if I drive my mom's car, like my mom has had some medical stuff lately, so she can't drive. So I'm like, I'll just drive you, you know, and if yeah. we have to go somewhere where we need more space than just like a mini Cooper, I'm like, I'll <laughs> drive your car. And she's like, okay, here's the keys. And I'm going, you know, here I'm going 80 miles an hour. And I'm like, oh my God, I thought, I thought I was going like 50. This is we like, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, I will say, One of our mutual friends who visited in town, we watched Mad Max Fury Road um, a couple (laughs) nights ago, and she was like, that's what I feel like driving with Andrea in her car.
0: (laughs) Because I was like driving a a war rig.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I mean, like a mini Cooper that's just like speeding. It's like I kind of drive like the Italian job, you know, I'm just like <laughs> like everywhere because it's a small car that's fast. Why yeah. wouldn't I drive fast? Let me tell anyway, you who's it's listening. The Enterprise D,
0: it wouldn't work for me at all. It would. No, wouldn't me. let me tell you who's listening. Um, Andrea, when she does these like crazy moves in her car, she goes, Tiny car power. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like she activates the car. I do. I say small so it can car like, powers. It's been like. So it can do anything, get on and off the freeway fast, find a great parking space, like merge lanes. Yeah, she activates the powers of the car, and it's pretty spectacular. I really
1: do. And I go small car power. <laughs> but then, you know what's really funny is I pulled into a parking lot yesterday in the grocery store and somebody's driving a smart car, and I was like, that car looks so <laughs> stupid. I was like, what? Even smaller car power. So dumb. Yeah. <laughs> They can just drive around inside the store and just grab things from the shelves and throw it in the front seat and drive to the next lane. We're a mess today.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Like, this is different from any other day. Um, So they're having this great heart-to-heart talk, which I love. And Picard realizes that Scotty's feeling like he doesn't fit in because Scotty says, I don't fit in. And Picard says, well, you know, we have some schematics you could study and is basically saying you could catch yourself up on 75 years of technology so that Mm -hmm. you can get back to work. And Scotty's just like, I'm not 18 years old. I can't start over like some cadet, which good on him for realizing his limitations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he is brilliant. And I I feel very similarly. I have a lot of education and a lot of degrees. And when I was teaching, when I, so I, I started as a, when I got all these degrees, I started teaching college, but I eventually went to teaching um, high school and then middle school, mm-hmm. and when I was teaching middle school, I was teaching at a private school, same place that Andrea currently teaches at at the time of this recording. And I don't have a credential because I was teaching, you know, college students, and for that yeah. you need a degree and not a credential. You were teaching university, so now. because yeah, so since I didn't have a credential, there's a lot of things I can't do, like I can't teach at public school and blah blah blah. And I remember a lot of my teacher friends were like, "Just go get a credential. Like I can take the the test." and mm-hmm. pass the science test in like 10 seconds. Cause I took a practice yeah. test. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I've teached at the college level. So easy. But yeah. I still need to do the student teaching and yada, yada. And I was just like, look, I mm-hmm. am not 20 years old. I cannot go work for free for two years so I can earn this certificate to sit. I just, I was just like, I yep. am at I'm a point with in my you. career where I am not an 18 year old cadet. I cannot go back to the academy. Like I, I just I feel can't. the same way. And that's Scotty, right? Like he, yeah. he's just like, that's not, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So he's... Yep. But the sad... Which, uh, good on him. But then the sad part is he's just like, so there's no place for me. And he just kind of walks out really <laughs> and, and that's really not sad. true. And he that's shuts the... That's not true. And I also was impressed that he goes, this is a fantasy. Because apparently they didn't have holodecks on the original series. My uncle, they my cousin not. told me that because I asked. I was like, did they? Because we don't know. And he was <laughs> like, no. He was like, that was a big deal. So they didn't. Um. So, but he goes, this is a fantasy and I'm just trying to hide in it. Computers shut this bloody thing off. And I was like, wow, because, again, if I was an anachronism and I had the technology to bring back my reality, you better believe I'd be at that holodeck 24-7. He could have recreated all his friends from the bridge crew. He could have recreated everything and just lived in a fantasy. Yeah. And he chose not to, and I was really impressed by that.
1: Well, it is really impressive because there's a lot of people that would happily hide in that fantasy because it's comfortable instead of facing like the harsh reality. And I really appreciate that he is a harsh reality person. So am I, I am one of those like very like brutally honest people that will just tell you like, this is a lie. Like you're just hiding in a lie. Like, are you really living to your potential Scotty? You know, like, or are you, you know, and I think also like when you get to a certain age, your life kind of becomes more about, like, remembering really great memories Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, you're reliving great memories more than you are making new memories, Mm. right? And he, because this is the year that it is, like, he's not dying anytime soon, you know? Mm -hmm. So he's in, like, perfect health for the most part. Like, he's just old, but, like, that's fine. And, like, he has a lot of miles that he can still travel, Mm -hmm. or he can choose to hide in the holodeck, and he chooses not to. And I love that he sort of hits that wall where he's like, this isn't real. And I love that Picard calls Geordi to his ready room and says, you know, I'd really like you to have um scotty accompany you down to the Janolin because they have to do some repairs on it to get it and they're up trying and running. to figure out what happened to the ship
0: and they're trying to like access the data logs and yeah i've been able to so yeah and it's so like far, we'll take scotty
1: scotty obviously knows his systems this is his ship yeah and like so far they're still outside the this dyson sphere like mm-hmm. they haven't even ring the doorbell yet you know it's yeah. like there's still so much that has to happen and Jordy's like, okay. And Picard's like, look, one of the most important things in a person's life is to feel useful. I'd like him to feel useful again. And I was like, oh, and I love that he this, says this is not an order;
0: it's a request. Yeah, and you can you can feel free to say no because Jordy was like, "Okay, great, I'll get instant so and so on it." And he mm-hmm. was like, "I'd like it to be you personally, Jordy." <laughs> this is a request; it's not a it's not a command. Yeah. But people need to this feel is, useful. This is
1: why Captain Picard will always be the captain of my heart because mm-hmm. this is the kind of like he does the hard stuff that needs to be done that no one wants to do. He makes the hard calls that result yeah. in people's deaths sometimes, yeah. mm-hmm. and. He recognizes, you know, he will take his time to go and talk with Scotty because he's genuinely curious about how the man is doing and trying to make him feel useful again. I was like, oh, God, he's just so great. Now, Scotty shows up hungover AF the next day to be down with Jordy, which you got to imagine Jordy has never seen before in his life because Santa Hall has been around for,
0: I think data said for like 50 years or 100 years or whatever. Santa Hall has been a thing in all starships for all of Jordy's life. Yeah. So he he just was like, "Wow, you don't look well. You look sick or something." And and Scotty's like, "I t- I always say never drink before." So, something he says to point to the fact that he has a hangover. And yeah. Jordy has no context for the statement. Yeah, he's <laughs> just like, like, I don't huh? know what that means. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> just he's get like, on the transport yeah, pad, whatever. He's like, All right. And I thought to myself, Isn't there hypo spray for this. There's got to be a hypo spray for hangovers. There's got to be. If, it, if this day and age, be. people are all like, "Oh, just eat toast, just drink raw eggs, or whatever the f people say for hangovers Ew. nowadays." <laughs> if people have those those homemade cures right now, yeah, in the twenty fourth century, there's got to be a hypo spray. There must made be right along with the synthahol. Like we made them right, at the same time, right boop, boop. there.
1: Yeah. So. Now, meanwhile. Jordy and Scotty beam down, and I'm kind of bummed that they don't share their plans with Geordi, where they're like, we're going to check out this Dyson Sphere while you guys are doing these repairs. We'll be in contact. No, they just decide to ring the doorbell on the Dyson Sphere, which is a bad move. Because as soon as they hail the Sphere, they come to this, like, huge hatch, which mm-hmm. is like a circular doorway kind of, you know, it's an airlock. Yeah. But mm-hmm. considering the size and scale of this Sphere being, you know, 200 million miles around in diameter Mm -hmm. that door must be the size of like 20 planets I don't Mm -hmm. know it's huge anyway so as soon as they hail the sphere tractor beams activate and the hatch opens and they're just yanked inside Mm -hmm. and it's like uh uh-oh so they're like full reverse full reverse and they're like nope there's nope we're going in we're going yeah they they notice that there are some
0: there's some communications arrays on the far side of the sphere so they go to check it out and then they hail the communications arrays, because they think there might be people living inside the Dyson Sphere, because you can't mm. scan inside of it. They can't mm. see what's going on inside of it. It's like a lead hole. So, yeah, so they're like, well, we'll just, like, hail it, so that way you can communicate with whoever's inside the Sphere and find out what's going on. And l- for some reason, when they hail it, they get sucked in by the tractor beam. And they ha- their equipment is incompatible with the technology of the Sphere. They mm. cannot fight it, they can't stop it, they can't do anything. It pulls mm-hmm. them in, it snatches Not them in, it closes the door. It drops the tractor beams, and they're basically just slingshot into the middle of this mm. Dyson sphere. And they are like, "What? What happened?" <laughs> Meanwhile, Jordy and freaking Scotty are like, "Beep beep beep dee dee dee," you know, trying to figure out stuff in <laughs> the ship. Wait, no what are they like? What are they like? Just like beep beep beep, dee dee, and <laughs> while Picard and the ensign is like. Sir, that momentum is still carrying us. Our engines are still down from us, like, reversing as hard as we can. and <laughs> yeah, it's they, they like, directly their tires. Into the star. Yeah, they burn <laughs> yeah. their tires. And now they're being slingshot directly into the heart of the freaking star. And Jordy and Scotty have no idea. Not that they could do anything about it. But they they can't even worry at this point. Because they're just like... Yeah. Screwing things in and looking around, and everybody else like turning on on a light switch. We have we have like one minute and ten seconds before we're burned up in the sun. Yeah, that took a turn very fast.
1: Yeah, it took a really fast turn. Here's a couple things. (laughs) Did you notice that as soon as they were slingshot inside the door and the door closed behind them, the view screen shows like a cloudy sky that they're just like blazing past a bunch of clouds? And I was like, you're telling me you have two hundred million miles of like like earth atmosphere, like a blue sky and clouds. But then, but then did you also notice girl that like, it's a hollow, so Dyson Dyson sphere is like a hollow ball, right? With the sun in the middle. This freaking Dyson sphere, like the walls, the inside walls has like mountains, oceans, cities, Mm -hmm. land. Like I was like, I am looking all 360 degrees and there's like upside down mountains and all this shit all over the walls. I want an origin story because turns out this Dyson sphere, because the star was unstable. So the Dyson sphere was abandoned. I want the origin story of this freaking civilization because it was like, Cities and grids and clouds and fucking mountains on the inside of this lead wall. I was like, what is going on? This is so cool.
0: Before they go in and before they even scan the communications array, data says there's an M-class atmosphere clinging to the interior. So the atmosphere was generated around the interior of the sphere so so that people could live. Instead of living in the 250 million planets floating around inside the sphere, instead they just made the internal of the sphere the same land. So yes. like, there's nothing floating between the star and the walls yes. which is yeah. like so smart. It's <laughs> it's it less chance of you running so into the star insane. or each other. And
1: yeah, it's so insane and so cool and just the sheer size of the Dyson sphere would allow all of that to be up on the walls and like have things be upside down and right side up because because it just the scale pull, they all would the have, gravi- have been they all amazing. would have been right side up. They all would have been right side up. You can travel. Mm-hmm. I mean
0: like It's just so mind-blowing. And you're right. The fact that the star was unstable, they had to leave. But you're like... But they built this whole entire thing. So how long were they there before it became unstable and they had to leave? And where did of they years. go? And why yeah. did they just like leave it like this? They just like left their house, opened the door, and walked out. Like... Yeah, that's like and a ghost gotta... town. Yeah, they had to be extremely advanced in order to build a Dyson Sphere in the first place. Like, oh, my God. This is one of, those, one of those ideas where you're like, who is this civilization? This they is... have to be so crazy
1: advanced. This is... I don't have an Oculus, but I, I do want one. So when I do get one, if I had an Oculus, I would want to, like, explore that whole yeah, space. Like, oh, my God. It is just, like, the coolest engineering. Um, It's super cool. Now, aboard the Janolan, nothing is working. Scotty is seeing the parallels between him and the ship. It's obsolete. And he's still feeling really down. And Jordy's like... Hey, there's a silver lining in here, partially to make Scotty feel better. Like, you you can get this thing up and running. And, like, a lot of the technology that this thing uses that's 75 years old is still in play. Like, once we get this puppy up and running, like, this could still It'll be in be service a today. Trip. Yeah, he even yeah. says, like,
0: it's just the external damage, like, or just the damage to the ship is the only problem. Like, if you fix all that, the ship is going to run just fine and it's mm-hmm. going to be fine. And Scotty's just like, yeah, but compared to the Enterprise, who would want to fly this hunk of junk? It's all old and da-da-da. And Jordy's like, just because something's old doesn't mean you throw it away. Like, it still works. Yeah. And Scotty looks at him and then just smiles. like, Yeah, and he's like, Okay. okay. I all got right. it. I got <laughs> it. Just because something old doesn't mean you throw it away. It can still be good. Okay. Right. That's all I want to hear this entire episode. Yeah. Thank for validating me, somebody, for crying out loud. Yeah. And of course, it had to be Jordy. This is why Picard asked him. From chief engineer to chief engineer, it 100%. has to be Super brain to super brain. From- oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> that coming from <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> Yeah, it just
0: wouldn't have. It wouldn't have landed. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have landed.
1: Mm Now, now, Jordy is like, "Cool, okay, we've got some information. Let's report back to the ship, Jordy Enterprise." Um, hello, hello. They are gone. They're gone. Meanwhile, inside the Dyson sphere, impulse power is gone, no engines, the inertia from the tractor beam is gonna slingshot them right into the sun, and they, like, at the last minute, manage to alter their path a little bit so they don't go straight in, like, it buys yeah. them a couple they hours have, of They have, like,
0: time. 30% of impulse engines. Yeah, And so they turn on, you know, they turn on the right side, turn off the left side, they basically turn, like, the rotor so that the ship tilts a little bit, and then yes. it ends up going into a stable orbit around the sun, around the star. Yes. Yes. As opposed to crashing directly into the star. So definitely a win. Um, and they pulled that out with like 30 seconds to spare or something. As they always do. It's as 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 they as they always do Scotty
1: figured it out for them. Like two <laughs> seconds left. Now, and actually, Ryker Scotty- just like
0: breathes a sigh of relief. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go see about getting our engines fully restored. Which yeah. is great. Because now they have the time. Now that they're not going to burn to death. They have the time to restore the engines. However, there's like no escape. And Data's like... Picard's like, okay, great. You go do that. Data, find another portal. Like there's got to be a portal somewhere around here that's maybe still open. And yeah. Data goes, um, because of the size, it's going to take six days to scan, but our shields will fail in like three hours. So Picard <laughs> just looks at him and Data goes, I will attempt to speed up this process. <laughs> Talk about the second thing first. I will attempt to speed up this process. Right now it's going to take well, six I, days to be a three love hours.
1: That, I love that Data <laughs> took one look at Picard's face and was like... Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and just give this a, a try. <laughs> Let me just try to speed it up now. Scotty's actually the one who figures out that they may have gone inside the Dyson sphere, and he's like, you know what? Let's, you know, I guess they managed to get the ship like up and running. Um, and they somehow and that that
0: scene was really great too because because they, they were Jordy was coming to the ship to Enterprise to get a dev- to a piece so that yeah. they could put it in this ship to make it run. Because they were like, we need yeah. a such and such piece. And he was like, I think we can make something similar to that. Um, So you're like, well, how are they going to make it run? And then Jordy's like, okay, we have to find the Enterprise. We have to follow, follow their warp trail. We have to get the ship up and running. And Scotty goes on this big rant of like, what are you talking about? We don't have enough time. We need at least a week to do that. Da, 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 da. And then he goes, but we don't have that time. So no sense crying about it. Let's get to work. And he just <laughs> like totally flips. And then Jordy's like. All right. And they, (laughs) next thing you know, the ship is up and running. So he Next thing you know, the ship
1: is freaking flying. You're like, yeah. Okay. All
0: right. Fine. Do we expect anything less from these two? No, we don't. Absolutely not. And I think it probably took a while because we had three hours before the shields failed. At this point, we have like nine minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it took a few hours. Now, the star inside the sphere, as it turns out, is very unstable and it may be kind of at the end of its life. And the sphere is abandoned. Um, which makes sense because the star is, like, dying. Um, now, the star gives off a major solar flare, which is going to destroy the ship in a couple hours if they don't get the F out of there. So that's when Jordy and Scotty are like, doo, 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 you know, like, come flying in. And they get engines up and running. And um, Jordy says, you know, take the bridge, Commander. And I love that Scotty goes... You, t- you know, you take the bridge. My place is in engineering. And I was like, oh, like, look at it being all useful again. This is a story that Scotty's gonna tell some other dude on RISA, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a year from now, about how they like last second got this. Now Scotty and Jordy do find the ion trail left by the Enterprise warp engines, and it takes them right to that hatch. And based on the ion trail, Scotty says it would take an engine full reverse to make that signature. So they went in unwillingly. And I was mm-hmm. like, look at this space detective work. That this was great. Excellent. That was another piece excellent. of that, that
0: techno babble where I'm just like, yes. Where he's talking about, look at this and look at that, and you're like, yep, it tracks. Mm-hmm. This all
1: sounds. Wonderful. All of
0: this makes sense. It all makes sense. And so they're like, okay, we've got to go in after them because if they haven't come out yet, they haven't calmed us, they haven't left a buoy, they went in unwillingly. Yeah, they are probably trapped. So we got to yeah. find a way to open the door and to give them a chance to get back out. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so they're like, okay, how can we do this? Because they they figured, they discovered that, oh, it's probably scanning. Like you scanned, the Genolan scanned the sensor and then it crashed. Mm-hmm. The Enterprise scanned, you know, they hailed and then they got sucked in. So they were mm-hmm. like, okay, if we hail, which is our standard practice, it's probably going to open up the doors and suck us in too. So let's stand really far back. We'll scan it. We'll activate it. The doors will open and then we'll like slip in Mm -hmm. And we'll just, like, wedge the door open with our shields. And then that'll give the Enterprise a chance to escape. And so so Scotty's laying out this whole genius plan. And Jordy's like, that's insane. Like, everything you just said is insane. We'll be crushed like a bug. Like, this thing is huge. The doors are probably really strong. And, And then Scotty gives him this whole impassioned speech. And he's just like, look, I, you know, from engineer to engineer, I can do this. Trust me, this
1: will work. And Jordy's just like, all right, fine. He pulled that engineer <laughs> card and he's like, all right, all right, let's do it. Trust me, I can do it. I love that he's like, I can do this. And it's like, okay, this is the moment that Scotty's been waiting for. There is you know? another
0: scene that I love that I think happened a little bit before when they were trying to get the ship up and running, mm-hmm. where Scotty's telling Jordy, like, hook up the whatever to the whatever. And Jordy's like, we can't do that. It's way too much power. And Scotty's like, who says so? And Jordy's like, the manual. And he's like, do you mean section five, page 12, paragraph three or whatever? Oh, and he's I like, love yeah. that. Scotty's like, ignore it. I wrote it. <laughs> it's like, you should always be a little conservative on paper at least. But in yes. reality, you could totally do that. Just hook it together. I was just like, that's dope. <laughs> I wrote that.
1: I wrote I that I wrote thing. that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that was oh, such great. a boss move. And he did it like so like low key. I was yeah. like, God damn, you're a boss. Yeah. Scotty is such a boss. Right. Now, right. they figure out if they keep their distance from the sphere. When the when they, like, ring the doorbell on the hatch, those tractor beams will kind of swing around and try to catch them. But if they stay far enough away, they're like, cool. We can, like, kind of slide in as the doors start to close and give the Enterprise space to, like, slide out. And it works. I love that the Janolin sticks itself in the hatch, allowing the Enterprise to make the narrowest possible escape. And I don't know about you, but I... My little nerdy heart dances with glee whenever I see the Enterprise turn sideways and slide yeah. out like the narrow it's a very Star Wars moment. It's a very Star Wars moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Also question, when the heck did the Enterprise's engines come back online where they can zip out of there? that That's what those three hours were for. Remember Riker was like, as soon as they went to this the, the orbit
0: of the star, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Riker says, I'm going to go get the engines back on.
1: Oh, got it. And okay. then Picard's
0: like, great data. Can you scan for another hatch? Got it. So so they were scanning for hatches and they were fixing the engines while they were like for these like three and a half because they had three hours before the shields failed and at this point they have like three minutes. Yeah, so it's been hours. They've got all this. Everything's back up. They just Mm. couldn't get out (laughs) because
1: they don't know how to ring the doorbell to. Yeah, they're out there like running their hands along the seams, trying to find like a hatch. That's that's exactly what they were doing. Yeah, so they come in and they do this like the Star Wars move, and they have yeah the. The like to, Millennium Falcon sideways yeah, like, slide yeah. through. Oh, I love it. They
0: have to destroy the Genolin because it's in the way. And as it was being crushed by the doors, the ship was like had a bunch of damage and couldn't. Um, the engines were went down again, which the mm-hmm. engines were held together with chewing gum and rubber bands anyway. Yeah. So it wasn't gonna <laughs> take a lot to knock those out. <laughs> so they just beamed them, they beamed Scotty and Jordy back on board blew up the Janolin, slipped through the crack just as it was closing, and flew off into space with all being well. And I love that we turned to the transporter. They didn't do that tropey thing that you don't love when they're like, did you get him? And they're like, we got him, Captain. They didn't do that. They just go to the transporter room, and you just see Jordy and Scotty like, ha, 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 that was awesome. God, right? Yeah, like, like they just got off a roller coaster. They're like, that was great. High five.
1: Yeah, let's go again, again, yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> now all's well that ends well. They're all, you know, off they sail into the sunset. Next thing we see, Jordy is regaling Scotty with stories about, um, I think it's Galaxy's Child with that yeah. little thing suckers on to the Enterprise, and he uh-huh. and Doctor Brahms have to sour the milk leech. space mm-hmm. space leech. Yeah. And I love that Scotty goes, enjoy these times, Geordie. You're the chief engineer of a starship, and it's a time in your life that will never come again. And when it's gone, it's gone. And I almost cried. I was yeah. like, you're so right. Like, you enjoy the good times, because when they're gone... They're gone, and that's it. And, like, you may have other good times, but you'll never be the chief engineer of a starship again, you mm-hmm. know, and it's... I, I love will It won't be the first time you're the chief engineer of a starship, which is
0: mm-hmm. what they were talking about in the holodeck, but Picard yeah. and Scotty, that, like, you never forget your first. Yes. Right. And so, even if he's the engineer on many, many other ships in the future, which, yeah. this is the flagship, so it's always going to be, like, a downgrade, but... Yeah. This is yeah. always going to be a really special moment. And so Jordy's taking, Scotty believes that Jordy's taking him to 10 forward for a drink, but mm-hmm. actually they they take a, a Yui and they go into a cargo mm-hmm. bay. And he's like, what's Surprise. going on? And we see the whole bridge crew there surprising him with um, a shuttle of his own. And he's like, you're giving me a shuttle? What the heck? And they're just like, well, you know, Picard's like, well, I mean, since you lost your ship to save ours, it's the least we could do. And and Jordy's, Jordy's like, it's not like the best ship, it's not the fastest ship, but it'll work, it'll get you around, and and mm-hmm. it'll get you to the retirement colony that you were heading to. And Northern Scotty's colony, just like, yeah. yeah, Scotty's like, that's for old men who are ready to retire. Maybe someday I'll go there, but <laughs> not today, crazy kids. Tears. You know? Tears you just, for me. Yeah, you just, you just see like he's got this new lease on life now that he's done another exciting adventure, and he's like, wait a minute there's still more exciting things for me to do. I don't have to go and sit on a beach and play golf all day long unless this was his ambition, which it's not because he's an engineer. So he gets to go and, like, explore, which is so beautiful. And in this scene, as Jordy and Scotty are kind of, like, looking at each other and he's about to get on the shuttle, I couldn't help but thinking, I wonder if LeVar Burton was freaking out in this moment because the whole reason that he joined TNG was because of Ahura. In TOS, and him Mm -hmm. seeing a Black person on Mm -hmm. television in a really positive light, and he was like, I want to be a part of that world. So when he got the opportunity to be in TNG, he was like, I'm in. I am Mm -hmm. totally in. You know, same thing with Whoopi Goldberg. Like, that's why she joined as well, because of Ohura in TOS. So, like, obviously, he was a TOS fan, so I wonder if he was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that he got yeah. to act alongside Scotty, right? Like and you're right. Like he was and like I, there with Uhura. Yeah. Yes. You you and I have had the opportunity to talk to Garrett Wong, who plays Harry Kim on Voyager, and he was mm-hmm. talking about his experiences with like Brent Spider, who plays Data, and how he was like, Yeah. But then he was talking about when he met um uh Pat- Sir Patrick Stewart, who plays Picard, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, it's Patrick Stewart, right?" So, yeah. like, the, even as an actor in a franchise that you're obsessed with, there are still totally fanboy, fangirl moments, mm-hmm. even for the actors in the show. So, I just was wondering. I was like, I wonder if LeVar Burton's like, "Oh, it's Scotty, it's Scotty, I'm next to Scotty, Hey, yeah. Scotty." You know what I mean? Be cool, be cool, man, be cool. Like, I wonder <laughs> that if I, if I ever, if and when I get a chance to talk to LeVar Burton, that's going to be the question I ask him. Oh my gosh. Right? Ugh.
1: So get ready, Lavar. That's going to be a question I, we're I you. We're <laughs> coming. We're coming to ask you questions about your show that you were on 30 years ago that I'm sure nobody ever asks you about. <laughs> I mean, but you
0: know, at the time of this recording, Picard season three is about to drop and that's going to oh, start I can't all wait. of the people from TNG, all the bridge crew from TNG I'm so are going to be together again for the first
1: time in like 25 years. So this that's is super exciting. Ask. I can't wait. Well, as they say goodbye, Jordi... And Scotty say their goodbyes. He's the only one left in the cargo bay. And Scotty says to him, a ship is only as good as its main engineer. And as far as I can see, the Enterprise is in good hands. And they shake hands and leave. And I was like, <laughs> like sobbing <laughs> as he takes off. And my final thoughts on this were, I love it. Mm. I think it was a major oversight to not include Guinan because she had yeah. been so wonderful in this, in this yeah. episode. You're right. But overall, it was such a beautiful, fun, sciency, nerdy, exciting, mm-hmm. even just like beautiful visually with the Dyson sphere like yeah. civilization on the inside so cool. walls, like so cool. What are your final thoughts?
0: Yeah, same. Um I love how they address the issue of ageism on the show in general yes, and this yeah. episode in particular. Every episode where we've addressed ageism so far. I love. I think they're great and maybe mm-hmm. it's because I'm getting older and I can appreciate it more. I don't know. But I just think they they always make me think. Which to me is what a good episode does. It sticks with you. It makes you think. It makes you reevaluate your life and your choices and how you treat people. Like this is just a great episode. Um, yeah. And my final thought was this episode's perfection. But now that you mention it, you're right. Guinan was missing. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I did think I did think where the f is Guinan, but I didn't think like, Guinan, That was an oversight to not have her. Like you needed her. So I will say this. I'll give this a nine out of ten. As, as we far did, as I'm concerned, as far as I'm concerned, Guinan
1: is avocado. Okay. It <laughs> makes everything, it makes everything better. Even ice cream? I don't know. I've had avocado ice cream before. It's not bad. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite, but like, it wasn't bad hmm. because avocado is a pretty neutral flavor. So mm. you can like add sugar and some other stuff and whatever. Like I've had oh, chocolate avocado pudding. And that was actually really what? good. Yeah. It was really, okay. well, cause what you taste the most Guess is going to be shopping now for
0: some avocado based <laughs> treats. This girl.
1: Um, I, you know what? It's a, it's a, it's like a common <laughs> saying in my family where you're like, you know what this dish is missing. And my dad would always be like avocado. Right. So it's like, anytime we eat anything, we're like, you know what this is missing avocado? Like this was missing the avocado. Like it needed the Guinan intent forward. Guinan, you're my avocado. <laughs> I love you on everything. <laughs> anyway okay on that thought things take a slightly scary turn next week we're breaking down season six episode five schisms thank you so much for hanging on for this wild ride we will see you guys next week thanks for geeking out with us
0: be sure to join the crew at the tngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members we'll see you
1: next time